The Ides of March, according to the ancient Roman calendar, falls on the 15th of that month. It was a notable date for Romans on which they would settle debts. It was also the date when Julius Caesar was stabbed to death in the Roman Senate. It's not likely any of that was going through the minds of the management team at FloridaTours.com. They were preoccupied with the process of shutting down the operations of a highly successful transportation company. It was the early onset of the pandemic, and the date? March 15, 2020. Like the rest of the travel industry, Florida Tours went from being very busy to watching paint dry, literally overnight. But in the true spirit of entrepreneurship, the team buckled down, went into survival mode, and rode out the storm. Hello, I'm Chris Henry, and this is another episode of Ahead of the Curve, a podcast series about Salesforce technology at work and produced by Gerent. Gerent is a gold-level Salesforce implementation company with nearly a 1,000 successful projects across a variety of industry verticals, including travel and tourism. Florida Tours' story is a story of survival in the face of steep odds. We'd love to tell you that their survival was driven by CRM technology, but in fact, it wasn't. They didn't have any such digital tools. However, both the CEO and the head of business development now realize how much a CRM system could have assisted in making their recovery even stronger and faster. But let's go back to the beginning of the story. Here's Aaron Florence, the head of business development for FloridaTours.com. We basically came to a complete shutdown on the 14th or 15th of March. I mean, literally complete shutdown. No buses were allowed to roll. We went into crisis management meetings and laid out what we knew at that time would be a plan. We did not know how long it was going to last. We were all thinking it's going to be three, four months, maybe. We didn't really have a clue as I don't think any corporation knew what was coming or what was going to hit them, especially in the, the tourism industry and that, that sector. As of 14 March, boom, we went from 30 buses to two. And we went from the peak of running 50, 60 jobs a day, January, February, up to mid-March, to basically zero. Wow. And, and we just didn't know what the future brought. And, and I don't think anybody did. Your, your company derives about 50% of its annual revenue from the cruise industry. So that was a huge hit financially. Well, the, I mean, every program ground to a halt. Uh, it wasn't just the cruise, obviously cruise 40, 50% of our business in revenue, uh, but it was the schools, it was the, the sports teams, it was the tours, it was, I mean, it, we did everything. It actually got depressing because, you know, every phone call was a cancellation. Every phone call, cancel, 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 cancel. And that's when we saw what really was taking place. Yeah. And we didn't see a date of when it was going to start up again. Nobody really knew. We just knew we were in this global pandemic. And when they started shutting down the air routes across the Atlantic and to the South America, it became obvious that, we had to start making a, a plan of how we're going to survive. In order to keep the lights on, layoffs were necessary, 
and the company shrunk to five people. Well, we basically had the management team ended up being five people. Five people ran the company, and two of those senior executives were actually bus drivers as well. So we actually had two drivers that drove buses that were on the the management team, and they would drive buses when needed. And the only thing that was coming in was crew movement, taking the crew off of the ships and sending them home. And that was, you know, it was a daily occurrence. And that uh, gave us some revenue to come in and it gave us something to do. We all became remote and we'd never done that before. I was one of the few people that worked remotely because my position granted that luxury. But we all became remote. We literally, the office was closed down. The owner would come in now and then. But other than that, we all worked remotely. Everything was on Zoom. So we had Zoom mania. On a Monday, we'd still do our management meeting, but we'd all be on Zoom. And again, it was only the five of us. The sales, the admin, counting, operations, all the rest of it, reduced that to a minimum. The reason the owner did this was he didn't really know how long this was going to take place. Mm. So he didn't want to rebuild again. He had a great team. So he decided to keep this team in place for however long he could so that we'd all learn from this, we'd all learn how to polish buses, how to wash buses, how to dump buses, how to set up standard operating procedures and all these sorts of things for the future. As Aaron Florence has mentioned, nearly half the company's revenue comes from the cruise industry, shuttling ships crew from hotel to vessel, shuttling passengers from airports to the ships and providing bus transportation for shore tours. The other 50% of revenue comes from transporting church groups, wedding parties, and visiting high school and college sports teams. And it was the latter that the management team decided to focus on. Well, we went into a complete marketing drive, getting ready for when the day would come that everyone would be back on the planet doing what they do best. And tourism is one of the things we all love to do. We started building on our sports, whether it be high school, middle school, university, we would go after these teams aggressively. We knew there was uh, an opening here. We battled and worked our asses off, excuse the the language, but uh, we worked our asses off to, to get all this business in. And we knew once it started coming in again, that because of the COVID restrictions, for example, NBA would only have two buses at Miami airport picking up a team. Because of the COVID, we could only put 12 people on a bus or 15 people on a 50, 60 seater bus. So we doubled the revenue because of the COVID. So we went from two buses to four buses or four buses to eight buses or one bus for a high school team to two buses or three buses. That gave us more business in the college front, high school front. And we are in a position now where you know some of these big universities that are even coming in to play teams here in Miami and Orlando are wanting our company to take care of them, whether it be Harvard or Virginia Tech or any of these big colleges that come in. We picked up a lot of these teams because we reached out to all of them because we knew it was going to start again. We just didn't know when. And uh, we've had uh, a very good run Q1 here, latter part of Q4 in 2020. And we've done really well with the sports 
and uh, high school and college and university. The NFL, we handled the Super Bowl. And we'd done that the previous year when it was in Miami. And the logistic company liked us so much, they said, okay, we want you to go handle it in Tampa. And it was a, a much smaller operation. Uh, the Super Bowl in Miami, citywide, took about 1,700 buses. Tampa took 300 or 350. So, and there was only 25,000 fans, and a lot of them were local. And out of that 300, we had a, a very large stake of that. And it's so much so that we're actually there. We're going out to Los Angeles for them to handle their logistics for transportation out there as well. Crane Gladding is the CEO of FloridaTours.com and the company's founder. He was previously the Senior VP of Revenue Management and Passenger Services at Norwegian Cruise Lines, which helps to explain the connection between Florida tours and the cruise industry. Crane also spearheaded the brain trust that led his company out of the pandemic intact. The company has a broad array of technology that it uses, both in the front office and on the buses. Technology is a huge part of everything we do in the, the transportation business. You know, we communicate with our clients through phone, email, text, a bunch of different channels. They interact with our website and, you know, can, can come to us in a lot of different ways. And so starting off the first level of communication with any client starts off with technology. After the, you know, booking is made or the communication is going on, everything starts to flow into our reservation system, which is really critical to the communication flow between our uh, sales team, our operations team, our dispatchers, and the drivers. You know, technology begins the process, the initial conversation and discussion with the client, and it ends it with getting the driver their information and communicating to the driver what the client needs are. Can you communicate in real time while the driver uh, is on the road? We can communicate in real time. There are some limitations in terms of things that we can do when someone's actually driving the vehicle, but there are a lot of different ways that we can communicate with them when they're on brakes. We have equipment on the motor coach to text a message to them. Uh, we can email them any updates in, in terms of itineraries or requests from the group. And then obviously we can use their cell phone as a, a last resort. We do also use uh, two-way radios. There's a lot of technology that goes into communicating with the driver, but additionally, the, the drivers are using a lot of technology on the motor coach. You know, the motor coach industry is regulated by the Department of Transportation and on the motor coaches, we have electronic logs that track the number of hours that a driver is driving to make sure that they stay within the uh, DOT regulations. That's interesting. Getting back to the front office though, before the, you know, the driver departs with the bus to pick up a group or take a group to some location, when clients contact you to, to book your services, um, how are they able to do it? You mentioned the clients could access your website. Can they actually book a reservation on the website? They can't make a full booking end-to-end -end on the website, but we have a lot of clients that will book with us 100% through email and really will ultimately never talk to us even before the trip because 
the technology that we have with email and the way that we've set up our call center to support voice, email, or texting really makes the channel of choice the option of the client. You know, I think different generations think differently or different people think differently about what's most convenient for them. But a lot of our clients really prefer the email channel. And so they'll email in through our website, give us the details of what we're lo they're looking for. We can email them back. And it's not the majority, but quite a few times clients will completely book end to end through email without a voice conversation. Now here's where things get interesting from a technology point of view. As the management team pushed forward with their new marketing initiatives around sports teams, both amateur and professional, they did it the old-fashioned way. I asked Aaron Florence if they were able to rely on a platform like Salesforce CRM to help. I'll be honest, we were using pen and paper and printing FedEx print shops and stuffing envelopes ourselves and handwriting to the, the coach or the director of operations for every school in the country that came to Florida and every school that was in Florida. I mean, it was basic pencil pushing. We even licked our own stamps. <laughs> I mean, literally, we, we did it all ourselves. So there wasn't any technology other than our spreadsheets. You know, Google's your friend, as they say, and we would go on to every school go into every roster, find out who the assistant director was, how, who the, the coach was for every sport, for every team that came here. It was just spreadsheets after spreadsheets after spreadsheets. Then we got the, the information. So we've got this huge, we, didn't, we could have bought lists very easily. But since we were on a downtime, we weren't doing anything. The buses weren't rolling. Every one of us, five or six of us every week, would have a project to do. And, and we went through every single state, every state, we would contact every limousine company to do co-op farm outs. Basically, if they needed us, here's our, our information. If we need you, it'd be a quick pro quo. And it was all manual, all manual. We could have bought the lists, but we're all at home. We're still getting a salary. We put the effort in mm -hmm. to uh, build our own lists. When it comes to bookings, the company used something akin to a CRM. We have a limited CRM capability with our current uh, system. And basically what we're able to see is if the client has a relationship with us or has booked with us in the past. And that's a big advantage when you're working with a client. If someone contacts us that's been traveling with us in the past, it really is great to know what they've done in the past so that you can reference that in the conversation. So as an example, you know, Chris, I see that you went to Orlando up to Universal Studios last year in June. Are you thinking about doing the same thing? And then the client recognizes that they're a valued past guest and can also kind of streamline some of the process. Yes, I'm doing the same exact thing. Can you tell me what the rate is today and do you have availability? Having that functionality is very helpful. We've looked at CRM solutions and we've talked to some folks that have even, I'll call it more advanced functionality in terms of CRM. And we feel like the more advanced CRM is the way of the future. So instead of waiting for that customer to call in and say, hey, I'm thinking of going on this trip again, 
where we see the future is that the CRM system can trigger an email or a phone call to that client around the same time that they booked the prior year to say, great news, uh, we have availability for the date that you did last year. Are you thinking about doing this trip again? Mm-hmm. What What's interesting about Ukraine is that you contributed a great deal of transportation knowledge uh, as it relates to the travel industry towards uh, DeepQuest, the kind of proprietary product that Gerent has, has developed for the um, travel industry. And, and you specifically worked with our travel head, Ketter Riley, in assisting on the reservation module. Tell me, if you could, a little bit about uh, what your involvement was there. Sure. Uh, I've known Ket and had a, a, a lot of respect for her for, for many years. You know, she reached out to me to t- talk about a project that she was working on. You know, I, I certainly offered to help share any of the experiences that we had in the uh, transportation world. I think with with any type of company, there are a lot of things that you see from running the day-to-day operations that really can help enable technology. And while you know I'm not a technology expert myself, I certainly know the challenges that we had had as a or have as a transportation business. You know, I shared the a lot of the roadblocks that we were having and the stumbling blocks. Hopefully, will help uh, her and her team create a very dynamic product. So, uh, Crane, in that case, given what you know about uh, the DeepQuest product, which is based on Salesforce CRM technology, do you think that kind of a CRM platform would allow you to segment and uh, differentiate your target markets so that you could provide even more unique uh, and tailored communications? And would that be a benefit? Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a big benefit. And when you look at the different segments in the transportation world, there are very different channels, you know, client channels. Mm -hmm. And so the needs of a corporate client might be different than the needs of a a wedding or a a special event versus an airport transfer or a cruise line transfer. You know, I think that the idea of being able to segment your business and communicate with a level of personalization that fits better with each segment is really critical. And, you know, could be could be a big win. Aaron Florence agrees that CRM would be a boon for Florida tours. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And, and we, we uh, even though we're a bus company, uh, we have our own system that is basically an inventory system that handles invoicing and logistics for the bus company. We are looking and we will be, we were looking, I believe it was Salesforce, I'm not sure, to look at CRM moving forward, but obviously we lost so much money over the past 15 months, we have to recoup that back before we start investing in all the, the things that we would really like, or we would have been there by now. We would have, we would have been at 50 buses. If this pandemic hadn't hurt, we would have had a CRM, we would have had a marketing manager, we would have had 50, 60 buses rolling every day. Yeah. Uh, but now we're you know basically a year and a half in the hole. Mm-hmm. But we see the light. We, we've seen the light for the past couple of months. And we believe come October, it's the pent up demand is so huge that our numbers that we would have projected for 2022, I think, are going to get blown away. 
FloridaTours.com has survived the worst of the pandemic, a victory in itself. The big question still remains though, when will the company begin to see that 50% chunk of revenue from the cruise industry again? Here's Crane Gladding. Well, we're, we're optimistic and, you know, everything that we keep reading about in the news suggests that the cruise lines expect to be sailing again this summer. So, you know, for us, we're hopeful that it's earlier in the summer, you know, because we're ready to get our cruise passengers back and, and get traveling again. But everything that we're hearing and reading is that, you know, sometime this summer, the cruise line should get going again. Mm-hmm. And we're very excited to welcome them back and, and think that it's been too long. The story of FloridaTours.com is one of victory in the face of adversity. But it's been a story repeated in many companies during the pandemic, a testament to entrepreneurship. The role that technology like Salesforce CRM can play in strengthening companies for the uncertainties of the future can be in no doubt at all. Both Crane Gladding and Aaron Florence see the merits and the simple business sense of such an investment. Our thanks to Crane and Aaron for their input and their frank comments and for sharing their story. You've been listening to Ahead of the Curve. Our technical producer is, as always, Dave Grine from the Acme Podcasting Company in Toronto, Canada. And I'm Chris Henry. We'll see you again soon.